Get ready for some Superman team-ups as we take a look at Showcase Presents, DC Comics Presents, Superman Team-Ups, Volume 2. And then, what makes Barry Allen a hero? We'll take a look in Flash Volume 7, Perfect Storm, straight ahead. Welcome to the Classy Comics Podcast, where we search for the best comics in the universe. From Boise, Idaho, here is your host, Adam Graham. Well, Showcase Presents, DC Comics Presents, Superman Team-Ups, Volume 2, is a very long title. However, that's because the Superman Team-Up book was called DC Comics Presents, which is not the best title in the world for a comic book. Unless it's an anthology series, I guess. So there are 25 stories in this book. I am not going to talk about them all, but I'll touch on some of them briefly. There were there's were several that I really enjoyed. Uh, it is this uh, series, uh, DC Comics Presents, that first featured uh, Mongol. Mongol, of course, would play a big role in that very famous Alan Moore Superman story for The Man Who Has Everything. Here we meet him for the first time in DC Comics uh, Presents number 27, where he has gone ahead and kidnapped Lois, Jimmy Olsen, and Steve Lombard, who worked at the TV station where Clark Kent works, and uh, essentially held them for ransom unless Superman obtains this key from a crypt. When Superman flies out to get the key, he runs right into the Martian Manhunter, who tells him not to do it, and that he can't possibly do this because of the risk to the universe. However, Superman wants to save his friends and says he'll deal with Mongol when the time comes, but John's not hearing any of it, and so they fight. Uh, Superman gets the key, but he has no intention of turning it over to Mongol. And uh, then John uh, actually gets uh, Superman's friends released, but Mongol manages to escape with the key. And John advises that Superman's put the entire universe at risk and asks what he's going to do about it. Well, in the next issue, we find out as Superman teams up with Supergirl and they fly out to confront Mongol. Mongol used the key to get the War World, which is just this incredibly impressive uh, uh Space Fortress. Uh, all of these space issues are drawn by Jim Starlin, who does an outstanding job just making them seem epic. And it ultimately ends up in an epic battle with Superman and Supergirl going to battle at War World. And it's a really epic, well-done story. It ends with Supergirl being missing and uh, Superman searching desperately for her and going as fast as he possibly can. But he is stopped by the Spectre, who challenges what he's doing. And it's an interesting psychological piece where Superman is 
kind of taught a lesson and uh, calmed down a bit and really made to reflect on his own nature and the nature of some of the decisions he'd been making. I, I like the issue overall. I don't know if making Superman as arrogant as he's portrayed throughout the book as a bit arrogant. He's not annoyingly so, but he does have an attitude that he's Superman and that he knows best. Uh, and I do think that can be problematic. I mean, I think humility is a tough thing, and even uh, Superman would struggle with it. So I'm not totally against it, and I do like the way that they... Uh, did the psychological stuff in uh, this particular issue. There are other issues that deal with psychological stuff. Annual number two is a classic in here, and it essentially has uh, the Lex Luthor of Earth-1 teaming up with the Lex Luthor of Earth-2 to foil uh, the actions and activities of both Superman. So you have both Lex Luthors teaming up, and eventually you have both uh, Superman. Now, the Earth-2 uh, Superman was actually the Golden Age uh, Superman. That's the way that DC Comics did it. And it was interesting because he had perspectives on life uh, and some of the things that Clark was doing, that particularly in the way that he was relating to Lois, that I think really do cause a Superman to consider. But it's also just a really good story with not one, but two versions of Lex Luthor in it. The issue does show the strength of having this multiverse with different versions of the same characters, particularly when some of those versions are older, because then you can kind of have this a relationship between them. And uh, it does a good job of uh, portraying that. So I enjoyed the annual. And then uh, issue 50 was a good one as well because uh, casually Superman wishes that he could be in both places at once where Clark Kent needs to be and where Superman needs to be. And you get a, a division of the uh, character of Superman uh, with uh, part of him becoming Clark Kent reporter, and the other being the one who did all of the Superman stuff. It's an interesting story. It does a good job of examining uh, the, kind of the dual nature of Superman and how he needs both parts of his personality. I, th I think it was really, uh, really uh, a well-done and enjoyable story. There are also two good stories in there featuring uh, uh, Shazam, also known in this book as Captain Marvel. And uh, in issues 33 and 34, they're dealing with an event where Miss um, Spitalik and Mr. Mind have actually teamed up to frustrate both uh, Superman and Captain Marvel, including switching their powers. And this one is fun. It's not perfect, but it's interesting to see them interacting in each other's worlds. There's also a later story in issue 49 uh, that involves 
the Earth One Billy Batson, who isn't Shazam, uh, really being fascinated with the character because on Earth One, uh, characters uh, in other universes show up as comic books. However, when Black Adam comes to call, it's going to be up to Superman to save the day. Issue 41 is a fun one. In that particular story, uh, Superman, as Clark Kent, is out in Hollywood with Perry White. And they uh, end up uh, with uh, Perry getting kidnapped by the uh, jokester and the prankster. Uh, when the prankster decides that he would really just rather split his money one way, he pushes the Joker out of the helicopter, but the Joker is saved by Superman. Together, they team up to go after the prankster, and it's a fun story. There are a few surprising elements, and uh, it's just a really fascinating team-up between the Clown Prince of Crime and Superman. Uh, the one that I really liked that kind of surprised me was issue 47, which was a team-up with Hawk Girl. And essentially, they were going to investigate and find out uh, what had... Uh, what had happened to Superman's ancestor when he came to Earth and was never seen again. I, I liked the combination of the characters, and uh, I liked Hot Girl. I thought it was an enjoyable story. There are also a couple of stories which, while I don't think they're the best in the book, are worth noting because they do feature uh, Justice Leaguers. Uh, you have uh, issue uh, 32, which finds Wonder Woman and Superman both being hit by arrows from Cupid and therefore falling in love uh, with each other. It's a bit Silver Age goofy, but it's worth reading, and plus, if you're really into the Superman-Wonder Woman uh, relationship, well, there you go. Issue 38 is a team-up with The Flash, and uh, essentially they arrive in a town where there's been a time distortion, and both believe the other is responsible. And it's a question of when the truth will come out. It's a fun story, and Superman and The Flash make good foils for each other. Overall, I like the stories in here, or at least many of them, and then there were a few that were a bit duller and the characters less interesting, but still, when the book is good, it's on point, and so I'll give this one an overall rating of somewhat classy. Now we turn to The Flash, Volume 7, Perfect Storm. The story begins with Barry Allen trying to patch things up with Iris West and wanting to know about the Flash, and Barry is offering some explanations uh, to her uh, when uh, we uh, go ahead and we see Wally is uh, spending some time with Avery Ho. Avery Ho is the uh, female Flash from China. However, the relatively pleasant day is interrupted when Grodd attacks, and there's a speedstorm that puts all of the non-speedster uh, uh, citizens of Central City into a stasis state as uh, this uh, speedstorm is hitting the city, and Grodd is ill, and he needs to gain access.
access to the Speed Force, and so he's determined he has to steal uh, Barry Allen's powers. And they have a fight, and Grodd wins this first fight and is actually able to take uh, Barry's powers. This is not actually enough to cure Grodd, though. And uh, the the second part of this uh, story ends with uh, Barry stating that he is no longer the Flash, but that Wally West is now the Flash of Central City. Well, in part three, this is pretty much disregarded as uh, Barry is trying to check and see if there is any remnant of the Speed Force, and there is not, and he is determined he has to get his powers back which reflects a lack of confidence in Wally that's not really justified. But Barry does have his reasons. He then uses his position in security at Iron Heights and also the fact that all the non-speedsters are frozen in order to break out a supervillain that was captured back in Volume 1, August, a.k.a. Godspeed, who also appeared in Volume 6. Uh, because he needs as much help and as many speedsters as he can to defeat Grodd. However, his goal becomes taking back his powers at all costs. And while the Flashes are trying to deal with Grodd, Barry releases a wand that had been stolen from Grodd near him, and this ends up drawing the speed force and restoring Barry's powers, but ultimately giving Grodd something close to ultimate power. Grodd, using his mental abilities, then takes uh, control of the other Flashes and uh, uses them to go after uh, Barry and points out that all of this uh, problems and his friends turning on him and Grodd getting all this power was based on uh, Barry's need for uh, power and for validation of himself as a worthwhile person. And uh, from there, Barry does kind of learn his lessons. I don't really like the uh, the idea of him uh, doing that or taking these you know, very unheroic actions. Though I, th- I think that I c- will be more understanding of this since, uh, he was under Grodd's, uh, influence. And that certainly doesn't mean that, uh, the tendencies, uh, that he practiced here were not something that was part of him. But rather, Grodd really amplified it and br- brought it out to serve his own ends. But Barry has to come up with a way to defeat Grodd and to get the other speedsters out from under Grodd's control and to save the uh, central city. And overall, I like the story. I like particularly when you get into uh, the second half and you get past uh, kind of Barry behaving more stupidly. You get a really solid story. Uh, there's a lot of action adventure, some nice sci-fi twist. It's uh, pretty enjoyable in the second half. And there's actually an aftermath uh, issue that's in the trade. And uh, we learn what happens to uh, uh, the participants. Uh, we learn, for example, that Mina, who had been under Grodd's influence, but admits that not everything she did was Grodd's fault, is in Iron Heights. 
Uh, Godspeed did not return to Iron Heights as Barry had hoped, you know, in giving him a chance to reform. And there's indication that he may be back and may uh, be a trouble in the future. Uh, we get to see uh, Robin show up to get Kid Flash back as a Teen Titan. And we get to see a really nice scene of Barry and Iris talking. And then uh, Wally uh, going and introducing himself to Iris, who is able to remember, but in remembering triggers uh, something that will lead to the events of the next book, uh, Flash War. Overall, despite a troubled start, I did find myself enjoying this book. Uh, there were some uh, very good twists, and I think that even though Barry, under the influence of Grodd, was acting a bit out of character, he still learned something valuable, and he dealt with some things that he probably should have dealt with before. There are many six-parters which are overstuffed or padded in some way. However, I think that uh, this book does earn its right to a six-part story arc because it works in so much character stuff, so much plot. You don't feel like things are just happening over and over again. So uh, we'll go ahead and we will give The Flash Volume 7 Perfect Storm, a rating of somewhat classy. Despite a few problems, this was still a really enjoyable comic series. Well, that's all for now. If you do have a comment, send it to me, classycomicsguy at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at classycomicsguy. And be sure and rate and review the show on iTunes from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.